Northland family planning can be easy to miss if you don't know what to look for. It's a red brick building tucked just off the main road, blends right into the suburban sprawl. When you get there, you'll see a tan SUV parked in the driveway. Inside is Stanley Anderson, big guy, black t-shirt with security written across it. Hi. Hi. Everything okay? Stanley parks right past the front sidewalk where the protesters gather. He can keep an eye on them that way. I mean, we get, sometimes we get 10, 12. They, they know, it's, I've had one altercation here. They know, they don't, they don't want that. So these are regulars? These are regulars. That other voice you're hearing there is reporter Kate Wells. Gotcha. And you see they, they, they're on the sidewalk. They're not blocking the driveway. It's all good. This is Stateside. I'm April Bear. In just a couple of weeks, voters will decide whether to put the right to abortion in the Michigan Constitution. Clinics that perform abortions are almost always close to press. But Kate Wells got a rare degree of access to a group of clinics in Metro Detroit. Today, we're going to bring you inside one of these abortion clinics to hear what actually happens inside and hear directly from these patients themselves about what's at stake in this election. We want you to know that in this story, we're going to take you into the procedure room. So take good care. Here's Kate. Once you come inside into the lobby, you'll go up to the front where staff are sitting behind this big pane of glass. They'll check you in, unlock the inner door for you, and take you to the waiting room. The TV at the front is always playing HGTV. It's almost time for Josh and Nikki to decide whether their family is moving on to the house David found on. But everybody here is waiting alone. No spouses, no boyfriends, no family or friends. Just patients looking to end their pregnancies. Everybody keeps their eyes down, and the silence is pretty heavy. But there are these inspirational quotes on the walls. One says, good women get abortions, and brave, beautiful women have been where you are right now. The clinic is designed to feel pretty and sunny. The message being, you deserve good care. You may be getting an abortion, but you are still a good person. It's a very different kind of clinic than the one Melissa went to a few weeks ago. They were posing to be so pro-choice, and they're not. Melissa is from Ohio, and when she first realized she was pregnant, she tried to get an abortion closer to home. She went to what she thought was just a normal medical clinic, but it wasn't. She wanted to pray for me. She gave me a Bible. She, like, it didn't even seem like it was religion until the very end. Crisis pregnancy centers are usually religious. Most of these places are not licensed medical clinics. They exist to convince pregnant people not to get an abortion, to carry a fetus to term, deliver the baby, put it up for adoption, or become a parent instead. I'm in this weird situation of, um, I'm going through a divorce. And I slept with somebody one time, and then I got pregnant. And they were like, are you sure that, like, you don't see a future with this guy? Like, you like, what if we brought him in here? Like, and was, like, saying all this stuff. And I'm like, what is happening? Like, they were trying to talk me into having a baby that I couldn't have. And then they're trying to talk me into a relationship. <laughs> like, it's crazy. <laughs> when Melissa went into that Ohio Pregnancy Center, she was only a couple weeks pregnant. But the center told her she needed to come back for another appointment after the six-week mark. 
What Melissa didn't know is that Ohio's laws changed this summer. The state banned abortions after six weeks. Once Melissa figured that out, she couldn't find an abortion appointment anywhere close to home. So she came here to Michigan. She is not alone. Since Roe v. Wade was overturned, patients have been coming to Northland from states like Wisconsin, Indiana, even Florida and Texas. By the time Melissa was able to get an appointment here, it is two months later. She's 14 weeks pregnant. I was relieved. After the struggle, so. Because, like, I had to sit with it for weeks. And I just feel so much better because I have two kids. I have a 10-year-old and a 2-year-old, so. It shouldn't be this hard. (laughs) Last night, Melissa dropped her two kids off with the grandparents. When she got off work, she drove the nearly four hours to Michigan. She got to her hotel at 3 a.m. By 8 a.m., she was here at Northland checking in. And check-in here is a long process. There is an interview. There's paperwork with questions like, how sure are you of your decision today? How hard was this decision to make? Who's the primary decision maker, you or someone else? And the goal is to make sure that nobody ever has an abortion they later regret. Dr. Audrey Lance is an OBGYN here. She's a mom of two little girls, talks about them a lot with her patients, their soccer team, what they want to be for Halloween. And for a while, Lance was dyeing the tips of her short brown hair purple. It made nervous young patients relax when she walked in, seeing that their abortion doctor was a woman with cool purple hair. Before Lance performed abortions, she says she thought about pregnancies as either wanted or unwanted. But she's learned that it is almost never that simple. It's also not even helpful to really talk to patients about it in that way because that is not the way that they're thinking about it. Their lives are much more complicated than that. Lance has this one patient today. She was here a few weeks ago. But when she was up on the table, she burst into tears. I feel like my boyfriend is forcing me into this, she said. So Dr. Lance sent her home, said, we are absolutely not doing this today. But now, weeks later, that patient is back. She's had time to think about it. She says she cannot be a single mom all over again. She wants to end the pregnancy. But Lance says it's not an unwanted pregnancy. And, and I think that, honestly, she would not describe it that way. I think many patients would actually be offended to describe it that way, you know, that this would be a very much wanted pregnancy if my life situation was different, my circumstances were different, my finances, my relationship, um, my health, you know, all kinds of things that if they were different, it's just not that simple. After intake, you pay for your abortion. Almost every patient in Michigan pays for their abortion out of pocket. Here at Northland, the cost starts at $350, and that's with financial assistance. But it can go up to several thousand dollars. If you're getting the abortion pills, you get seen in the morning. Okay. Um, Feel sure of your decision today. Absolutely, yes. So I'm going to give you the first medication. More than half of the abortions in Michigan last year were done this way with pills. They are quick, straightforward appointments. Whole thing takes five minutes. Dr. Lance goes through the same spiel each time she hands you the first pill in the clinic. This is the mifepristone pill. It's the one that you just swallow with water. A few hours later at home, you take the next pills. 
Dr. Lance tells you that within about 24 hours, your body should pass the pregnancy. You can expect heavy bleeding, cramping. And before you leave, Ella, one of the staffers, hands you a brown paper bag with your name on it in pink marker, always with a little heart drawn on the front. And then we are sending you home with three prescriptions today. We have your acetaminophen with codeine. That's going to be your Tylenol 3s. And we also have your ibuprofen 800s and your antibiotic. And we do not have a checkout process, so you are good to go for okay, today. thank you. No problem. Once all of the patients getting abortion pills have left, Dr. Lance moves on to the surgical appointments. Most patients who get surgical abortions are in the first trimester, just like the pill patients. But unlike the pill, you don't have to wait at home for hours. The whole thing takes five to ten minutes and you're done. It's common for patients to be partially awake during these procedures. And at Northland, they get IV medication for pain and anxiety. The patient in this procedure didn't want her name to be used. But she's one of many who gave us permission to use tape of her procedure. So I am just going to get you set up on the table, and we're going to do that sedation medicine. Okay. I'm going to pull this out under your legs. You bend your knees up there and then scoot all the way down towards me. And then I come until your bottom's kind of hanging off this part of okay. the table. Great. You can lay down. The lights are dim. They're soothing music. Okay. As somebody who's given birth, yeah, what's happening here feels remarkably similar. The medical gown, your bare legs and stirrups. But also, like giving birth, it can be intense to listen to. Great job. Okay, so we're going to start the procedure. So two to three minutes, some strong cramps. And there's the person next to you telling you, you can do this. Just keep breathing. That's Brandy. She's one of the staffers here. Her job right now is to monitor this patient's vitals, but it is also to talk her through this. This part doesn't get talked about a lot, how powerful it is to have this person next to you carrying you through this. Whether it's birth or an abortion, it is often women guiding other women. Mm-hmm. I'm going to hear this machine turn on now. Okay, it makes a loud noise. Okay. There you go. Just keep breathing. Blow it out. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're not listening. Blow it out. You gotta breathe through it. Oh. Blow it out. No, we're not gonna yell. We're gonna breathe. We're gonna keep breathing. Blow it out. Okay. I'll turn my mouth like a candle. I don't hear you breathing. Oh. Blow it out. I'm crying. Come on. We're almost done, okay? Gotta, uh, keep breathing, oh, no. Just keep breathing. Blow it out. You can do it. You're doing it. You got this. You're gonna keep breathing. You're almost done. Just keep breathing. All right. First time. Take some deep breaths for me. Catch your breath. And then it's done. You're on the other side. The relief just floods your body. Thank you guys so much. You did. You are welcome. Oh, I hope I didn't look too bad. You did great. You did just fine. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. 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 Thank Bring the lights up, or I'm gonna get your underwear on so we can get you over to recovery where you can relax, okay? Okay. So the lights are coming up. Reach for my hands, and up we go. Look up, don't look down, look up, look up. Hey, how you feeling? 
right. You did it. Thank you. You're welcome. That's all I have. Thank you. You so did a really good job. Michelle's going to get you over to recovery, okay? Okay. Let her help you. Let them help you. Give them a second. <laughs> you take care of yourself. Thank you so much. You're welcome. We need to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to hear more from women at Northland. We'll be right back. Support for the Stateside Podcast comes from Kalamazoo College, offering a personalized education that combines critical thinking, curiosity, and creativity. Committed to preparing students for meaningful careers that make a positive impact on the world. More at kzoo.edu. Support for Michigan Public's Stateside Podcast comes from Lake Trust Credit Union, working to empower financial well-being for Michigan consumers, businesses, and communities. Committed to financial solutions and advice to support people and families. More information at laketrust.org. While the rest of the procedures happen, we're going to detour here a little bit to talk about the why. Why go through this? In Northland, I would pull patients into this little side room and ask if they wanted to talk on tape. And honestly, I thought most of them were going to be like, absolutely not, no thank you. But every day, about half the patients said, yeah, I want to talk. I want to talk about what my life would look like if I could not get an abortion here. I don't think I could um, survive if I knew that I had to have these babies with an abusive person. That's insanity to me. I feel like a prisoner. This is a woman we're calling A. She's got two little girls at home, and now she is pregnant again with twins. She told her three-year-old daughter. My daughter was so cute. She said, okay, well, maybe another time. Maybe later. <laughs> and I was like, yes, maybe later, because um, she doesn't know that at the end of the day, I, I can't physically, um, financially, or mentally handle two more kids. The father of A's kids is abusive, she says. They are not together anymore, and she's trying to get a personal protection order. And A says her body is already in rough shape from her previous high-risk pregnancies, including a stillbirth. I've asked and begged to be, like, fixed or snipped or whatever it is that they have to do. They deny me, but then I end up on medication for birth control. Um, It's insanity, and I'm so fertile that it's like, literally, I just, <laughs> I have to stop having sex in order not be pregnant. So, abortion, even though this is my first one, I'm happy that it's here because I don't know what I would do right now. A is what you might imagine when you think about why somebody would need an abortion. Abusive relationship, financial hardship, emotional distress. And you see a lot of that at Northland. But you also see people who are in great relationships. They are financially stable, emotionally composed. Women like M. I want to go back to work and just kind of have something for myself other than just being a mother all day, every day. M is married. She's got three kids. The youngest is about to go to school. And now M is pregnant again. And I wouldn't trade my kids for anything. I love them to death, but I just feel like that phase of my life is over. And it was an amazing phase, but I don't want to keep going back. I want to go forward. She says she did think about keeping this fourth pregnancy. I'm sure I would love it, but I feel like deep down I would regret it. 
And I would hate to do that to a child, to look at them and, you know, every time they, they do something like, oh, if only you weren't here. And maybe I wouldn't do that, but who knows? Maybe I would. And what kind of a mother would I be if I had that thought? I just, I don't know. I think that would be worse, actually, in the long run than what I'm doing today. Like M, most of the patients at this clinic are already moms. Last year, two out of three people who got an abortion already had at least one kid. Jessica is a single mom. She's got a toddler. And they don't have stable housing right now, she says. Money is tight. Even paying for this abortion meant working overtime and driving for DoorDash. It's just like the world is not set up for you to have to... Right now, it's not set up for you to be forced to do something that you know you're not comfortable with or that you know you want to fail in. Like, that's how I feel. Like, I feel like I'm a strong woman, but I feel like I will fail if I'm forced to bring on another child and I'm not stable at all except with my one. Like, did I I say that right? Yes. (laughs) Another thing you hear a lot from patients is, I'm doing this because I have this picture for my life and the things that I want. One woman who asked that we not use her name says she wants to finish school. She wants to travel. And she knows it's really common to get abortions. But she says that doesn't make it feel easy. Like, almost feel like we feel filthy. We feel dirty. We feel like we have to sneak and do this. Some of us, yeah, put our lives at risk doing it. She says she didn't want to be trapped with the guy who got her pregnant. And she didn't want to be a mother to a kid who would grow up without a dad. They, they, guys, they're never held responsible for things like this, ever. It's always the woman. We always got to step up and take care of it, whether we keep it or not. It's always put in our lap. She says she asked the guy who got her pregnant if he could pay for the abortion. He said the most he could do was split it with her. Nearly every patient I talked to at Northland knew about Prop 3, the proposed constitutional amendment to protect abortion rights in Michigan. And some of them are really hopeful that it will pass. Others are scared. A lot of them are in disbelief that this is something they have to fight for. And some, like the last patient you just heard, are just angry. Stop thinking this, it can't touch you. It can touch it could touch you in so many ways. It could be your mother. It could be your sister. It could be your niece. It could be your daughter. Your future ch- your future daughter. Your future wife. Stop thinking it's not going to touch you, man or woman. At the end of the day, when all the patients have left the recovery room and gone home, the staff cleans up, preps the paperwork for tomorrow's patients, and locks the doors. Stanley does his final rounds around the building. Security cameras here are going to keep rolling all night. And tomorrow morning, Stanley will be back in his tan SUV, keeping an eye on the protesters on the sidewalk. And just like the day before and the day after and the day after that, more pregnant people will come here for an abortion. That's the Stateside Podcast for today. Our story was reported by Kate Wells and edited by Sarah Hewlett and Lindsay Smith. It was mixed by Mercedes Mejia with additional help from Rachel Ishikawa. Thank you to the many hands at Michigan Radio who helped to make this story happen. And thanks especially to the women who agreed to share their personal stories with Kate. Stateside's executive producer is Laura Weber-Davis. I'm April Bear. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.
Hi, I'm Rebecca Williams. I'm Lester Graham. We've been working on a big project about Great Lakes birds called the Bird Connection. It will look at ducks and trumpeter swans. Egrets and herons. And piping plovers. Yes! We'll discuss what we've discovered at a Michigan Public Issues and Ale event. Including how some problems for birds are problems for people. It's at Arbor Brewing Company in Ypsilanti the evening of May 21st at 7. You can register at michiganpublic.org.